Brad Beard's our guest today. <laughs> 939thescore.com. Every weekday afternoon from 1 until 3 Eastern Time, 12 until 2 Central Time, you can listen to Brett Beard on the Boom of Bug Show, starring Brett Beard on that their website. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, if you remember correctly, two weeks ago, I threw the SEC under the bus because they were giving these 14 schools $51 million, but nary a penny for the sports talk show host to Mm. talk about the SEC around the clock in the afternoons. Uh, And I was going to ask you if you would let me throw the college football playoff management committee under the bus. We haven't got to a 12-team playoff, but yet (laughs) we've got to be talking about a 14-team playoff with a now get this, a 3-3-2-2-1 format. Now, what in the hell does that mean? Uh, It means the Big Ten and the SEC would receive three automatic qualifiers in the 14-team field. The ACC and the Big 12 would be getting two, and the group of five would get, you know, something along of basically crumbs. The model would feature three at-large spots, the highest-ranked teams outside of the automatic qualifiers. So... Uh, would that be appropriate for me to throw the college football playoff management committee under the bus? Well, I, I, I don't understand the urgency. I don't understand. Agreed. Uh, there, there's a lot to figure out here first before, before I think we can get to that point. I'm, I'm really surprised the level of, of the discussion being this loud. Um, I don't think we can do anything until we know the FSU-ACC situation, can we? Isn't that the first part of this? Uh, I think that's one of the big dominoes, and from what we're hearing, it's going to be up to Florida State and the ACC to decide what is going to be the exit fee. And I've been I've been hearing uh, five hundred and fifty million, which for any school. Uh, is not going to be easy to do, but I, I think one of the reasons for this rush job on the 14-team playoff in Indianapolis this week is ESPN is putting, and some of the TV networks are putting the squeeze a little bit on these guys to more or less tell them what are their plans Moving forward, and, you know, there's no question they could discuss this, but I'm like, you aren't we in, in too big of a hurry to do this? Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I'm going to ask you this. Not what you think they are going to do, will do, want to do. If you were in charge of the SEC, we got 16 teams now. Who else would you want to join, and how many would be your limit? Well, I think we're getting close to that, but I think what the limit would be eventually is is going to be 20. Listen, I've heard as high as 24. Yeah. Now, now I keep hearing, I think we discussed this two weeks ago, the Big Ten has made overtures to Florida State, uh, or Florida State seems to be more interested 
in them than than the SEC. Why? Florida, Why do you think that is, Brett? Well, for well, for one thing, Florida doesn't want F, FSU in the SEC. Right. That they they have made no bones about that for years. And when you look at look at it, and it's the point you brought up two or three weeks ago, there's no question the brand for FSU is good. Going back to Bobby Bowden, mm-hmm. who basically put them on the map. But as far as the footprint in the SEC, there's already a presence, of course, with Florida that looms uh, that that looms over the state. But I think that's uh, if it, but Florida, and I've heard some other schools in the SEC, and I'm not quite sure who they are. Uh, do really, quite frankly, don't want want Florida State. Now, to answer your question, uh, would it be uh, you know I've heard North Carolina. For several reasons, uh, brand of course. Uh, I've heard Clemson. Um, it's sixteen now. I've heard that they will eventually go to twenty. I don't think Sankey will go nuts like bringing in Kale or Stanford to the ACC. Some some crap like that. Yeah. Where you're literally going coast to coast because, in all fairness, Sankey and you and I have had issues with him from time to time, but he still wants to keep the SEC about as geographic as you can. Now, watch them turn around in two years and have SEC media days in Las Vegas. <laughs> somebody, wow. somebody asked me about that today. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be moving, moving west. But in all fairness to Sankey, he wants to keep the SEC regional or more regional than certainly what the Big Ten is. Uh, I've heard Clemson, North Carolina, uh, Virginia. All right, so who would you uh, want, though? Who would be the ones you would feel like would be the best for the SEC? Um, probably, uh, you know, they're, the, Clemson's got the football brand. Their, their basketball program is better than you think it is. North Carolina, for obvious reasons, with uh, with basketball, they've got a very respectable football program. You know, we've got a lot of Virginia Tech fans here, being engineers in Huntsville, and particularly in North Alabama. They mentioned this at some point that if this thing just just goes nuts one day, and I'm beginning to wonder if we're bordering on that in the next. 12 to 18 months that they would like to see Virginia Tech. I don't know how much of appeal that would be, but uh, answer your question. Probably, Cle- you know, Clemson would be Clemson would be nice. Uh, North Carolina. Uh, I'd have to think about Virginia Tech a little bit more. Well, and and here's what's interesting to me. I I was actually talking to a Georgia Tech te- a Georgia Tech nut this this morning about this. He is worried Georgia Tech is going to be left out. He said that it was his belief that, like you said, Florida doesn't want Florida State, South Carolina doesn't want Clemson, and that Georgia doesn't want Georgia Tech in the SEC. Correct. And, you know, of course, my comeback to that is – all right, I don't know why Georgia would be afraid of Georgia Tech and the SEC. Uh, I mean, they may already make a hell of a lot of money, and I think the, the prospect of that game in November being more relevant because the conference implications, just like it is with Auburn and Alabama, mm-hmm. is, is unbelievable. And I've, I've said many times, I, I envy that dynamic because Florida, Florida State, Clemson, and South Carolina – 
Georgia, Georgia Tech, and of course also Louisville and Kentucky do not have that same thing like Ole Miss and Mississippi State, like Texas and Texas A&M will have. It's just not the yeah. same with them being in a different conference. Agreed. And so, you know, he as a Georgia Tech fan was obviously wondering about where Tech will land. And, you know, to me, Brett, North Carolina and North Carolina State may be a package deal. Then you have Virginia and Virginia Tech that may be a package deal. Yeah. Now, yeah. what what's the what's the better combo? Um, I I think you have to want Clemson. I think it would be stupid for Clemson to not be in the SEC. Yeah. And and I think it would be stupid for Florida State to not be in the SEC too because of the unbelievable matchups with. Georgia and Florida and Auburn and Alabama in particular that would be really fun and, and heck even LSU and Ole Miss Mississippi State because the proximity to to, to yeah. Tallahassee. Yeah. So you know I, I'm I'm just real intrigued by this because um, the ACC is is going to be left out I think and so you know does the SEC and the the Big Ten get together and say okay. If the ACC falls apart, what do you want? I mean, does Greg Sankey ask the Big Ten commissioner that question? If the ACC falls apart, who do you want? Well, you would think logically that would be the discussion that they would have because, uh, listen, I've talked to Andrea Edelson about this for years. She is, of course, with ESPN, but she has covered the ACC and, the, and the, this is really the origination of the of the Florida State squabble to begin with, is they have seen the SEC and the Big Ten continue to move forward with a lot more revenue for their individual programs than the ACC. And again, without being redundant, we've talked about this 50 times in the last three years, is this 2036 grant of rights which at the time when they put this together was to keep other conferences from coming in and poaching their members. Right. But what, what it's done is it's hamstrung their current members from making anywhere near the amount of money that the right. Big Ten and the SEC is going to be making. But I, I agree with you. It's just a matter of, it's not going to happen overnight, but if Florida State uh, is able to adjudicate their, their, themselves out of this, and I would be surprised if they pay five hundred, you know, five hundred fifty million exit fee. They'll negotiate that with the attorneys, but that's going to be the dam. That's going to be the leak in the dam, and then from there, the ACC is going to fall apart. Well, but that's my question. Let's say, for the heck of it, now I'm just throwing out a whole lot of money at a much lower rate than what you just mentioned there with five hundred, five hundred fifty million dollars. Let's just say. Florida State, and then Clemson, and then Miami, and then either the two North Carolina schools or the two Virginia schools are gone. And let's just say for the heck of it, that's $500 million that goes to the ACC. Probably a low number, but let's just say for the for the fun of it. If there are only eight schools left, are those eight schools left going to say, well, the heck with the conference falling apart. We're going to take that money. Well, I are they think going to do that? I think initially that the 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 eight remaining or the or the eight left standing would, 
but my initial, you know, the the environment we're in now is that eight would say, well, let's let's form a pack and let's join with the American Athletic Conference or or someone else. Uh, that would you would think logically that would happen, but the way we're going right now is is these partnerships and. But it would it would be dynamic. Uh, I mean, again, if the ACC breaks up, and I think it eventually will, um, it's going to be huge. And, and you're right. Is will this then become a battle between the Big Ten and the SEC? And Sankey and Panetti sit down and say, "Look, this is who we really, really, really want." Now, you give me your top four and my top four, and we'll see what we can work out here. I just don't know why a team would want to continue to be in the ACC, and yet where's that money going to go? Well, that's it. I mean, they're complaining about the lack of revenue now. If you lose the top teams in the league, what's going to be left? You know, you're going to have sure. to the last then. But, but do they take the money and then disband the conference after that? Uh, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I mean, think, it, I, I, yeah, I would think the remaining teams would want to join into the conference. No question, but who gets all that money that they'll get from the teams that originally left the ACC to begin with, right? Uh, in other words, who would get the exit fee money? Yeah, who would get? Yeah, it? where I, would it go? I, 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 that's a good question. That's that's a good question. I don't know. It's just it's um, it's it's really interesting because I think. With the SEC and the Big Ten doing what they've done, they're in position to to try to pick and choose here a little bit. They mm-hmm. know that there are teams in the ACC that want out and that the ACC is really on thin ice right now. And the Big I'll 12, agree. again, yep. I've kind of said the Big 12 is kind of at the, at the fork in the road here. Which direction do they go? Mm-hmm. Why in the world would the Big 12 commissioner not be breaking down the doors of the Big Ten and the SEC commissioners to try to make sure that they're not left out in the cold because look if 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 these two conferences the Big 10 and the and the SEC were to add four to six more teams that's division 1 football right there well don't you 40, think well no I, I agree with you exactly you've got 16 in, in the SEC and 18 in the in the Big 10 and they would say look let's get let's go get six more to make 40 yeah and we're and we're just going to completely pull away from the NCAA and start our own league and make our own rules now I, I do think that another thing that should be discussed with these people and I really would love to know how much Sankey and the Big Ten commissioner, uh, Panini, how how do you pronounce his name again, Brad? Yeah, yeah Patetti. Patetti. Yeah. Um, how much they've talked about only for football? You know, I'd love I'd love to know whether we're talking about all inclusive, all sports, or only for football. Because I think, and of course, Chip Kelly brought this up when he had his little rant a couple of months ago. But I think it is relevant to discuss that. Or do you think there's just no way to separate it? Well, the NCAA would get rid of football tomorrow. Uh, football has always been an albatross around their neck. Now, they're never going to give up college basketball because they make billions off of the NCAA tournament. Um, it, again, that's um, – it, 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 it could uh, – it, you know, it could be separated, but if 
Uh, I just think there's too much. As, as, as much as the as SEC basketball has improved in the last five to seven years, I can't see Sankey saying, well, we're just going to let SEC basketball and the other Olympic sports go. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I don't either. It's, it's, um, I don't know. You just think there's going to be some kind of separation there to, to keep maybe, maybe the SEC is one way for all the other sports and one way for the, for the college football. And, and that's what's going to drive the revenue. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of things that you'd love to be a fly on the wall to hear. In particularly in Indianapolis and something else we 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 not even touched on is the is the, the three recruiting dates being thrown out and you and I've talked about this for a long time. The yeah, tell everybody one, the latest on what they're talking about now because it is yeah, interesting. But, but what they have what they've come out with basically this week and you and I've discussed all of the issues that are with the month of December. And what is on the desk as far as a proposal, Pete Thamel and a couple of the other national journalists have come up with this, and also Ross Dillinger. There are three proposed signing dates now, and you and I talked about it, and along with Brother Brent, uh, having a summer early signing date. I mean, having a true early signing date. Uh, what they're proposing right now are three. The last Wednesday in June, and this would be for, I I was told, three to seven days. You know, we'll see, but the crux of it is would be the last Wednesday in June. Uh, The second one would be, and again, the bit where this is originated from is all the issues with the clutter of December. And what they are looking at is moving but moving that basically back two weeks to the first Wednesday in December. Now, I don't quite know, again, what – I understand they're getting – it's it's a little better, but it's still, to me, not solving the problem. And the third date would be the what, – what's been what, – what we, we're used to uh, would be the first Wednesday in February as far as National Signing Day. Now again, there are there are arguments pro and con. We we've discussed these. Uh, the the pro for the June would be well, you've got seven or ten kids who know where they're going. Go ahead and sign. Go go ahead and get them signed, uh, and you don't have to recruit a third of your class or you know a fourth of your class. Get that over with. Now that the con of that one. Now what's going to happen if the coach gets fired? Well, they have the waiver in their letter of intent that says if the coach gets fired, then I can move somewhere else. That might be the contingency there. The December uh, pro, they're moving it a little bit uh, closer to November, but it's still a jam-packed month. Um, uh, but it does get it out of mid-December when so many things are going on, and then Again, the the first Wednesday in February would be the same way that it's been forever. But if if they do it the first week of December, what about these teams that are in the tournament? Well, that's it. To me, it's still going to be a mess, solved, isn't it? To me, you haven't solved anything. No. Yeah, uh, you, you know, all you're doing is you know the old rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic before the iceberg hits. Uh, is I, I don't think he's solved anything. Uh, to, you know, and but several of our guests this week have mentioned, well, 
if you're going to go that route, why don't you do the last Wednesday in June and uh, skip December and make that a dead month and go back to the original first Wednesday in February? Well, they'll try to figure it out, I hope, and hopefully the coaches are getting uh, somewhat of a – I mean, I hope I hope they're getting somewhat of a reprieve to calm their schedule down because these people are going to be burning out and dropping over like flies or heart attacks. Yeah, so they it's don't just going to continue, uh, you know. And again, that's what, uh, another one that came up this week. In uh, uh, Coach Cumbie uh, to Louisiana Tech mentioned, well, what happens if they find a way to get around this transfer rule to where you can't transfer to another program during the semester? Well, this is going to get to a point of absurdity. If they if they are able to figure out a way to work around that, you're going to be having players play three games, and then they say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm playing for uh, LSU, uh, but I'm I'm mad at the coach, so I'm going to go play for Florida for the rest of the semester, uh, for the rest of the season." And uh, they they've got to do something to hit that off. Crazy, crazy. By the way, Brent, did you hear that Nick Saban retired a couple of months ago? Bill, I did hear that, but I appreciate you reminding me of it again. Okay. I have people all the time ask me, is Brett okay? He's still making it, but yes. But, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've said, well, he's putting on a brave face. I think he's still fetal possession crying <laughs> sessions in his closet when he... Uh, you know, I pump myself up for these Thursday interviews, but after after it's <laughs> over with, I just resume the fetal position. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, sir. It's an interesting time right, in college football. It's always fun to talk about it with you. All right, buddy. Have a great week.